This is AgriPulse Open Mic. I'm your host, Jeff Daly. Our guest this week is Jim Bloom, President and CEO of Bayer Crop Science. AgriPulse Open Mic is brought to you by Charleston Orwig. Charleston Orwig, a full-service communications agency with a passion for every aspect of the food system. Learn more at charlestonorwig.com. AgriPulse Open Mic continues with Jim Bloom next. Passionate about agriculture, food, and strategic communications. Ready to protect and enhance your brand. Charleston Orwig is a full-service communication agency with a dedicated team of reputation management experts. Our passion for the food system is surpassed only by the success of our clients. For more about how we can help you, visit charlestonorwig.com. This is AgriPulse Open Mic. This week, our guest is Jim Bloom, president and CEO of Bayer Crop Science. Jim is also head of crop protection for North America. Bayer Crop Science is investing heavily in search of new science and solutions for global agriculture. Bloom says the three integrated businesses of Bayer AG are focused on improving productivity for farmers and at the same time trying to improve the predictability of government and consumer acceptance of those same technologies. At Bayer Crop Science, we are one of three integrated businesses at Bear AG. So we have a health science, a health group, we have a material science group, and we have a crop science group, and we look for synergies across those businesses, but we operate them basically uh, virtually uh, independently and report into one stock price. So as we look into the future, we have been moving from a crop protection product company into investments into biotechnology and then more so into biologics in the last year or so. So as we see growers needing more and more solutions for resistance management and different uh, regulatory schemes, we wanted to have an integrated solutions package from seeds, seeds and traits, seed treatments, biologics, traditional crop protection products, and now we're also moving into the digital forum for return on investment and analytic uh, decision services. So we are moving from a traditional crop protection company to a full-service integrated solution provider for growers. Talk about where your dollars are being invested now. It also perhaps gives some insight into the direction that you see for the industry. Absolutely. During the period of 2011 to 2016, you'll see Bear investing about 7 billion euros in R&D. We have an annual spend of about 1.1 billion euros. We have brought the most new products into the market in the past decade uh, with our Caprinos and our Corvuses and our Pancho Votivos and some of our new products coming in. And then you're also going to see as a result of that investment about 30 new products coming onto the market from Bear Crop Science by the year 2022. Where do you feel the new frontier for crop farming is going to lie? Certainly everybody believes in their voting with their investment books that it's managing the big data that's available after all these years of experience. So understanding the best hybrid, the best fertilizer, the best crop protection scheme and mode of actions for your particular piece of ground is making the, the, the final increases to the yield. So when we think about biologics, what are we learning about the, the biologics of the soil and its potential for yield growth? And we just opened our, our brand new biologics uh, global headquarters in West Sacramento in September, and it's a 168,000 square foot facility where we're doing research and looking at highly active uh, bacteria and fungi. 
when we look at the soil and, and the atmosphere of uh, uh, the surroundings of that seed, we're looking at the difference between the number of species in the soil of a highly active soil versus a depleted soil. We're looking at the interaction of all of the species and how to bring them up. We're taking advantage of certain things like our Votivo uh, bacteria, uh, Bacillus firmus, to come in and actually manage our nematodes in that environment. So we're learning those kind of things that lead to discoveries that help us increase yield. On one side, you have a plight of food production that knows the globe is growing and that there is a tremendous need for an increase in production such as we've not seen perhaps in this generation. There is another call to do that in such a way that is sustainable not only for uh, the farm but also for the ecosystem that it lives in. How can productivity and sustainability work together? Boy, they have to. You know, I'm a farm boy from Iowa, and, and the, the true definition of sustainability is to see a seven or eight generation farmer, right? They absolutely believe in, in, in maintaining and sustaining the ability of that land to produce for the future. So we, we are continuing to work in that area and, and in our integrated solutions and making sure that uh, we have different ways to resistance, different ways to do things, and explaining to the other half of the population that it knows that we have to have more food, but we have to have a regulatory environment that allows us to do it. Let's talk about domestic hurdles if we can. On one side, you're challenged to come up with new science to help to to uh, engage and to grow productivity and also, again, to protect the environment. On the other side, you still have to have those sciences approved by domestic regulatory agencies in order to be able to bring them to the farm. Right. You know, we've seen timelines uh, get longer and longer for approvals. Our patent life is our patent life. We bring new discoveries, we make our investments, and we have what we think are normal business guidelines for how long it's going to take to get on the marketplace. We pass laws like PREA, which, which is a fee-for-service for guaranteed timelines. We did that several years ago at the EPA, and now we're starting to see timelines lag even longer. We're seeing the global trade industry where we need consecutive global uh, countries for import tolerances for our export crops. We're seeing delays in those. We'd love to see a system that gave, got us back to an understandable, normal set of rules that would allow us to continue to invest in the technology we need. And, and that has changed over the last uh, few years. Productivity of global agriculture growing at 1.69% needs to be 1.75% according to experts to match our demand for food by 2050. At this pace, if it maintains itself, by 2050 we're 6% short. So despite all the things that we've done, it's still not enough. I love, as as an Iowa corn farmer, I love to look at the historical yield chart that shows yield increases on corn over time just due to plant genetics and everything. I know that there's new technology we can't dream of today, but we will continue to increase yields. But you're right. To feed uh, what we're going to face, we need to increase production 70% over today. It takes new technologies to do that. I'm confident that we'll find the new technologies. We have to do it in a regulatory environment and and, and a social environment 
that accepts new technologies on their dinner plate as quickly as they uh, accept new technologies in their new smartphone. You know, we're at a point where one major company uh, introduced a, a line of seed that has been challenged, and now they find themselves at a courtroom because it wasn't completely approved by the rest of the world, and boatloads of corn were denied because of trace elements of that product. On one side, you're challenged to bring new products. On the other, litigation waits if you can't get complete buy-in, not just by the U.S., but by the globe. Right. We, we are, because of the bounty of the American farmer, we have to be sensitive to export markets. And so these are important issues for us and yet out of control for us. So in, improving that predictability and improving the business environment we're investing in is extremely important for the new technologies of the future. What about the EPA's decision on neonicotinoids? We've just seen a new study come out from them. They're looking at the, the benefits of neonicotinoids on seed treatments. We are also doing our own independent studies, and we'll be releasing our findings over the next three weeks. But it's important to look at the benefits of neonics. They were brought on uh, the market several years ago because they replaced older chemistries that used more pounds per acre and weren't as uh, have as, as nice a profile from an efficacy standpoint. And now we've replaced those. We've put them on the seed. We've buried that seed in the ground in the most reduced exposure situation that we can. And we're still seeing ourselves being asked to prove safety over the registration data requirements that were there when we were registered. We absolutely believe that science every year brings new standards, and we're absolutely happy to meet those standards. But at one point, it's registered or it's not, and these are wonderful products that are registered, and I hope that uh, we'll continue to see it that way. Do you have research that, that refutes what the EPA has suggested on these? Certainly. We, we have no long-term studies that says that we impact pollinator health. Uh, we're the number one canola seed company in the world. 100% of our canola seed goes out with neonicotinoid seed treatments on it, and that crop is very dependent on bees for pollination of the crop. It's a big part of our business and a big part of what we've done. In the future, from, from your perspective of the company now, with so much invested in research, what do you hope for from Washington, or does it change the way you do business, or on what fronts that you do business? Does it change where new chemistries or, or new science is introduced? Um, n nobody wants to play a game if the rules change every five minutes. You can't play that game. But we absolutely believe uh, that we have a system in the U.S. that's still based on sound science. And if decisions are based on sound science in a timely process that we all agree is, is acceptable and that we all can understand, we will continue to be able to invest to bring the new technologies needed to bring food to this world. There is a discussion uh, that there is one crop in the U.S. that has been challenged because it's not had the advances of genetic enhancement. There is a debate over genetic enhancement in wheat, and, and where does Bayer stand? We are heavily investing in new wheat breeding stations in Canada and the upper Midwest. And uh, although it's a long-term project, we don't see uh, sales and returns coming in until the 2020s, it is our next frontier, and you'll be seeing several press releases about us as we look to improve uh, on the wheat crop 
to help us feed a growing and hungry world. Must it be genetically enhanced to be successful, or can we accomplish purposes with traditional breeding practices? You'll see our, our investments and our, and our enhancements coming from traditional breeding. Uh, we'll use uh, genetically modified if it makes sense. We'll put traits in there if it makes sense. But the initial, uh, you know, we haven't paid a lot of attention to this crop. The, the initial enhancements that will, will come out will come from traditional breeding practices. How will this be a different debate than perhaps corn or soy or cotton? Well, the reason wheat's lacked behind is because it's a food source and it's a predominant crop definitely in, in the European Union. And quite frankly, Monsanto decided not to come with Roundup Ready years ago and stop work on it. Uh, we now know that that can't stand. Uh, new products or end-use products containing wheat won't be there if we don't keep up production and in yields per acre don't make it economically viable to replace other crops. So we know that that has to happen for wheat to be around, and we are investing to do that. I see your company and others doing a lot more to reach out and to communicate about the need for food and, and frankly, answering questions about how it's produced. National Geographic doing a, a work on on shared solutions and talking about where food comes from. What's Bayer's role there, and what message do you hope that farmer and non-farmer receive? No, that's an excellent example, and of course we're in that issue, and, and we're a part of that story, so we're proud of that. But it comes down to really uh, talking about kids who no longer even have a father or a grandfather who came from the farm. We're getting generations that are further and further away from the farm, don't understand the ag experience, and therefore may not uh, uh, be comfortable with it. They think food comes from, from the grocery store, and quite frankly, we're taking our food for granted. And so if we can explain uh, the roles of, of the farmer and what he does, the practices he does, and the excitement around it, we, we do two things for us. We're trying to stimulate kids into STEM education and get them excited by the sciences so we get the benefit of telling our story on that side. But we also get a, a public and a voting public that, uh, as we're less than 3% of the voting pop population in agriculture today, we extend that understanding into understanding what we need to be doing, which is important in today's world of social media and all the other pressures that come on uh, from, from food production. China presents a tremendous opportunity for agriculture in the globe with their demand. There are other countries that obviously are also on a growth curve of needing more than they're able to produce themselves. China presents some opportunity but also some challenges because they have, along with Europe, been very reluctant to accept new technologies, and that works against uh, efforts by Bayer to bring new sciences to producers. Yeah, in fact, their position in China prevents us from bringing it to the world. You're right. And so we have to overcome that challenge somehow, some way. But it is it is true. In the future, when you look at export-import maps, it, it's clear that the Americas, north and south, will feed the rest of the world. So when we think about China, are there efforts beyond uh, trade? Are there efforts beyond government to government that, that we can take to, uh, to to see them accept these sciences? I think uh, showing them the benefits of a system that depends on decisions, dependable decisions made on sound science, whether it's good or bad for your, for your product coming in, you have to follow it and you have to make decisions based on it versus emotion or versus politics 
is a system that is is good for the world. You know, whether it's the Chinese or the Japanese, there have been some of, of their producers and their officials that are there, the importing customer that has suggested that, you know, we have a problem with our consumer. Uh, you know, just as you have to sell the product to, to your own, you know, constituents, we have to help them understand the science and, and, and accept that science and be willing to embrace it, uh, not to deny it. No, and, and it brings up one of my favorite topics. I love to show the list of medical uh, academies and societies that have proven and gone on record of saying genetically modified grains pose no health risk versus the other side, which is very, very difficult to find anyone uh, on the other side on, on, on record. So we, we need to educate the public. We need to do a better job of it. We sponsor an industry website called GMOanswers.com. We're just celebrating an anniversary right here where we give straight answers, simple answers to simple questions because education is the key. What do you see now of some companies setting up their own categories and standards separate from government agencies, separate from uh, even the sciences that we work by? They're, they're creating their own set of rules. Right. It's hard to keep up with definitions when everybody has their own phrase with a, a separate definition. So, you know, the, the government, the grade A beef, everyone knows what, what, what the grades of beef are because they're very set standards set by the government and we've known them for years. These new terms are, are marketing, not science. They're not standards. Uh, they're differentiation for the marketplace to extract premium on prices, and I, and I understand that. But that's different than a safety or a grade or a specific standard set by our government. We have to get back to sound science and decisions based on it. Does Bayer have a position on the food labeling debate in the U.S.? We uh, are absolutely all for transparency, and uh, we, we, this stuff's been around since 1995. So uh, our, our position is that we uh, are not against it. However, we and, and we might be states' rights people, but we don't believe uh, that each state should go about it differently, creating different standards by states, creating different inventory issues for food producers and packaging and, and regulatory, which will raise prices to the average family in America. If we're going to do it, let's set some federal standards which allow the food industry to be transparent and do it, but let's do it in a way that doesn't raise prices to the average American family to feed their family. Jim, this is open mic. There are challenges and there are opportunities in this industry, and the mic is yours. No, I appreciate your time with us today, and I would just leave you with this. Uh, Bear's a company, you've, you've seen it, uh, the Bear Cross on aspirin for over 100 years. It's 125 years old. It has branched out into a lot of the, the, the chemistry that you use every day in, in, in your home. We have brought that same sound science to the crop science arena, bringing new innovations to the farms and sound science to the farm, and you can depend on us to do that. Our thanks to Jim Bloom, President and CEO of Bayer Crop Science, our guest this week on Open Mic. AgriPulse Open Mic is brought to you by Charleston Orwig. Charleston Orwig, a full-service communications agency with a passion for every aspect of the food system. Learn more at charlestonorwig.com. For AgriPulse, I'm Jeff Daly.